back boys and girls for another special edition of the michael deacon program joining me tonight is samuel chong a professional certified court interpreter and accomplished chinese translator based in los angeles he's made a significant contribution in translating the book thea oba prophecy in the chinese language for the author michael dismarquette and joining me right now is mr samuel chong how are you sir Good. Uh, thanks for having me here. Yes, no problem. No problem. I want to say welcome back to the program and glad you're here. I'm, I'm so thankful that you are willing to return back to the program and share some time with us all here again. Yes, uh, because it's a very important book. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we have to sort of start from the beginning yet again. And I know we sort of talked about some of these things, but... Now we have a different audience to talk to, one that has never heard of you, Sam. So I feel like we have to sort of trace back our steps here before we get into any, any of the um, important subject matter of the book here. So I thought we could just start from the top and you could just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself as we begin here. Sure. My name is Samuel Chong. I'm a certified court interpreter and a Chinese translator in Los Angeles. I was born in Beijing, China, and came here uh, at the age of 15. So I was very curious about uh, the uh, about space and also the paranormal, wondering about um, who built the Great Pyramid of Egypt, what happens when someone enters into the Bermuda Triangle, and also a lot of the other interesting things that people always wonder about, the meaning of life, stories in the Bible, and also how to live a better life. Um, so I got the chance to really explore after I came to the US. So back in 2014, I was searching for a book written by ET contactees because I was thinking if we can just learn from the technologies of the ETs, we can just uh, progress at, much, at a much faster pace because we can really take the shortcut and to really 
know what they know about because if they can come to visit us, they must be more advanced um, from than us, and we can just follow their lead. So I stumbled I stumbled upon this book called um, the Theoba Prophecy. Um, back then, it was titled "Abduction to the Ninth Planet," selling very expensively on Amazon, about uh, two or three hundred dollars or so. So I checked it out from a local library through their interlibrary loan services, and I was so fascinated by the content of the book I couldn't put it down because it answers all the questions that I have in in my mind. Um, it re- reveals uh, what really goes on when someone enters into a parallel universe um, where like uh, a lot of them exist on Earth, like at least the entry points or the portals. That's why uh, a lot of people go missing each year when they hike in the national parks in the U.S. and Canada, like uh, what uh, David Pilatus documented the, in, the, in his uh, Missing 411 series of books. And also it answers about the the purpose of the Great Pyramid of Egypt, and also talks about time machine. Um, it actually was helping the U.S. government to develop the time machine more successfully than they did in the past. So it's a fascinating book uh, with a lot of information, and people who read the book say that uh, it's a very dense book, so they have to take it uh, step by step and read it slowly in order to be able to absorb all the fascinating information. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the interesting things that, well, at least I thought it was quite interesting, is the book already is quite extraordinary. And from my understanding, Michelle, which is um, the author, he wasn't exactly allowed to write about a few of the things that he experienced. Right. I can tell you read the book. <laughs> right. I, I, I have read the book. To the point. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the whole book fascinated you, so, it fascinated you so much that you went out and seeked the author yourself. Yes. And it wasn't exactly that hard for you to do. Well, it was actually a bit challenging for me to do. Oh, it was. It was is from two perspectives. One is uh, that I didn't know where exactly he was living at that time. Um, I, I I knew that he was living in Vietnam on the island of Phu Quoc, but I didn't have his exact address. So I had to take the chance and to show the photo that I had uh, that showed his bungalow to a local taxi driver after I landed um, on the island. And the taxi driver uh, took me there. Um, so it's, it's actually, I, I took the chance. And the other thing was that uh, my wife at that time wasn't really keen on me um, visiting uh, someone that I just uh, learned from a book. She was more interested in me uh, focusing more on my career as a Chinese translator and to uh, taking care of the family. So I had to uh, keep it as a secret. So she didn't know that I was visiting. Oh, no. Does she know now what you're up to? Yeah, she knows now. Now she knows. uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, But she doesn't encourage me to spend too much time into this. (laughs) Understood. Understood. Yes. It it actually, that's the bad thing. I mean, 
lots of us really enjoy some of these subjects that lots of times people that get really into it, their families don't necessarily understand why anybody would want to obtain this sort of information. And you see it with everybody, though, not just with you, but anyone who gets involved in any of these subjects. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask you about Michelle and his family and how they felt about his work and his experience. Did they believe him or not? And, you know, we'll get into that in a moment, but back to you. And, you know, I, I hate to get personal, but your wife now fully understands and partially why you, you yourself are doing this, correct? Yes. I okay, that's that. good. Okay. Uh, I, I, I was and I'm still a long soldier. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Understood. I mean, you know, that's the difficulty about the, again, these sort of these subjects. I mean, a lot of people, they're either with us or they just completely don't understand. Right, right. Um, yeah, so Michelle Demarquet, he was uh, taken away by this group of ETs called the Theobans to their planet for nine days and then came back. Um, to answer your question, his family is extremely divided, just like um, how we are today in the U.S. Um, his son believes what uh, happened to him, but his daughter and his wife to this day still don't believe what happened to him. Oh, no. So to this, to this very day, they don't believe him. That's right. But the son does. The son does. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. And yes, I understand most likely his wife wasn't too happy about the um, visitations. Right. She was thinking that he had an extramarital affair with another woman. Which would probably be an easier way to explain it in her mind. That's right. And, and to this day, she still believes Still that. believes that, that it's another woman. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, so this book, um, different from other ET books or yes, ET sir. contactee books, is that uh, it contains a lot of uh, specific verifiable information that applies to today, like how things are today, especially in the last three years. The main gist of the book is to encourage us to seek for knowledge and to have uh, independent thinking, to really look at what's really happening around us and to follow our gut feelings when making different decisions and also to focus more on the spiritual life, the spiritual aspect of um, life and not too much on the uh, materialistic aspect of the life. Right, and this book really changed you personally. Yes, it really opens my eyes. And this and reading this book uh, is the best investment that I've ever made in my entire life because it really teaches us uh, the meaning of life and also some of the tricks that people can apply to when they encounter uh, challenges or difficult situations and, and help us to make better choices in our lifetime. Right. Uh, before any of this, you were kind of an atheist, correct? Yes, I was an atheist. I didn't believe anything written in the Bible. And I didn't believe um, there was the God or Jesus or Christ who came to us. And I, I believed none of this. And now you're fully on board. I'm fully on board. And, and because I know that there are some kind of uh, mistranslations or intentional or unintentional 
uh, distortions uh, yeah. of the of the meanings of the original scriptures. Um, and because there are, we have to admit, there are some discrepancies um, of the stories in the Bible. And for example, reincarnation, uh, we know there is a lot of evidence about reincarnation uh, through hypnosis, through past life regressions. But the Christians, they don't admit that there is reincarnation. But this book emphasizes that uh, uh, there is life after life. And the um, concept of reincarnation was uh, removed by the Catholic Church councils uh, when they compiled um, the Bible. Right. And, and we all have to admit that there's plenty of biblical contradictions that occur throughout the Bible. Exactly. And especially why Jesus never, why there's no record of Jesus performing any miracles before yeah. the age of 30, before he began preaching, even though he was really smart. I mean, this is just uh, unbelievable. Right. Why some people say that Jesus went to India and why there's a tomb of Jesus Christ in Shingo village, Japan, that people can still visit. And people in the local village have uh, customs that are vastly different from other nearby villages in Japan. Uh, and this book explains everything um, very consistently and coherently. And is um, it, it seems to me that this is uh, indisputable that uh, that uh, things really happened as, as, uh, as described in the book. I feel like we're kind of misled, not only by our government, but by everyone else, for, for the record. Yeah, I mean, religions are organized by people, and uh, this book emphasizes that uh, we should uh, be more spiritual, and we should connect to God directly without any agencies or intermediaries yeah. like organized religions or pastors or priests. We can just... Uh, um, follow our gut feelings and, and to pray and to meditate or uh, even by having a good night of sleep so that we can communicate communicate uh, with God through our higher self and it's very easy to do and and this book tells us that uh, when God created every one of us it inserted a tiny portion of itself to each one of us so we are part of God and God is part of us even the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. So we should really follow our intuition, um, our higher self when making um, decisions in, in, in life. I can see why this resonated with you. And I, you know, coming from someone who is essentially an atheist, but an open-minded agnostic atheist, if there was ever such a thing. But even I admit there, there must be something else out there. Um, so certain days I am an atheist, and then some days I'm more agnostic than that. And um, I can see why this would resonate with you. And even so much, for those who don't know, you actually went out and seeked the author once again, just to drive the point home to those with, um, you know, ADD people that uh you know don't follow along sometimes you you got to remind them every now and then when you're doing a show like this sam um unfortunately but yes you were inspired completely by the story they actually seeked out the author and he was a little annoyed that you found him basically um but obviously it resonated with you so much that you went out and searched for him and not many people can do that though sam so you know i 
commend you for doing that. Yes, the reason of uh, tracking him down was that in the book, in the postscript, it says there are more incredible things that he was not allowed to write about. Right. Because we were far from understanding them. To me, the content of the book is already incredible enough, answering yeah. all the questions that I had about the paranormal, and the stories in the Bible, and what's more, that he wasn't allowed to write in the book. So I was determined to find out that one thing he didn't put in the book. And and he was really upset uh, at me finding him because of the book. And he, but his attitude changed after he learned that I was from China originally, that I could help him to get a book um, to follow up with the, the contract that he signed with a Chinese publisher. And also to, uh, after, after learning that the publisher decided not to have the book published, that I could help him to um, get a different publisher to have it published in both China and Taiwan, which became a bestseller in both countries. Very nice. And I would feel remiss if I didn't ask if uh, he sort of let you in on some of the things that he wasn't allowed to write about, Sam. Yeah, he did. Oh, um, he did. Okay. Yeah. So he revealed uh, certain things about uh, the grace. People talk about the uh, Roswell incident that the U.S. government had been collaborate or has been collaborating with the grace. Um, the grace are actually um, a dying race. A dying They're race. Having okay. Issues with their immune system. Ah. So, so that's why. Very nice. And that was it. That that's the only thing he wasn't allowed to talk about. There wasn't more. Like yeah, uh, the purpose of human life. Exactly. I mean, the purpose of human life is written in the book. This is uh, something that he didn't elaborate when I met him. But the purpose of human life is to learn different lessons, more specifically spiritual lessons, so that we can move up the ladder to move up to a higher category of planet. Um, there are a total of nine different categories of planets in the universe. Uh, we are living on category one planet. So the lowest category. And the Theobans, the people who took him to their planet, um, are living on category 9 planet, the highest category. And um, after the ninth planet, after the ninth category, you will be the source, the great ether or God, the creator of the universe. So our lessons um, are just to learn how to live a more spiritual life because we cannot take away um, material wealth what we can take away are life life lessons or experiences that we we all encounter in in, in our lifetime how we treat others and how to learn uh, how to how to love one another just like the teachings of jesus christ um, and this is the most important lesson to take when we die and when we die, we actually go through a life reveal process um, in which everything happened in our lifetime is revealed by, by, by you and in a very holographic form, like a, like a holographic film, film in which you can feel and experience everything again, how others felt when you did certain things onto others. For example, when you hit a person, you would feel how that person felt when you hit him or her. So you would evaluate how you did in your lifetime and then decide 
what other lessons to mm. learn in your next lifetime. And then when the decision is made, when you decide to reincarnate into a different uh, family, everything is erased from your memory. Uh, because um, if you if you know you're going to be crippled at the age of 30, um, you wouldn't want to, if you knew that beforehand, you wouldn't want to continue living that life anymore. Right, yeah. That's why the memory is erased. Yes. Understood. And sometimes when I take a shower, even I'll have a life review, which is kind of odd. Yeah. So one thing I did after reading this book is to apologize to all the people that I mistreated. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, you, you <laughs> felt lots of uh, guilt and remorse. Yes. I understand. Yeah, that happens. I mean, again, sometimes that uh, will happen to you in the shower or... You have a dream and sometimes you'll have this big life review and then next thing you know you're texting and calling people you haven't talked to in over 10 years right yes but that's a good thing i mean some people would find that terrifying and sometimes that effect happens when you take psychedelics you you have a life review you start thinking about things you did in the past the fact that you hurt this person like 20 30 years ago maybe even and again, you, you start uh, feeling for all these people you affected in your life. And again, sometimes people have these effects when they do psychedelic drugs, uh, Sam. And we're not promoting the use of drugs here. I'm just saying that these profound experiences do happen for some people. And it freaks them out and, and makes them never want to do uh, any of these hallucinogens ever again. Because they thought, oh, all, th all this trauma is coming back. All the stuff the human brain has suppressed has come back in the forefront and it tears people to death. But I mean, those are sort of things that you can learn about and sort of get past once you live, you live through it again. Yes. Um, and, and indeed, uh, Michel de Marquet was uh, shown his past lives and some of the things he did terribly to others. <laughs> so I guess there's a reason. There's the reason why he came back to Earth, right? Just to uh, experience a very challenging lifetime. Uh, and and you mentioned about psychedelics, and yes, in sir. this book, it talks about the the dangers of drugs and noises. And and, uh, and I think it's very important to emphasize that uh, um, there are dangers of using psychedelics. Oh uh, yes, yes. Yeah, because they create a false experience to a lot of people um, that are not necessarily reflecting um, what's really happening in the um, in the spiritual realm. And, and also there's another danger is that uh, it actually affects our astral body in a very negative way, uh, drugs and psychedelics. And yeah, naturally you're already having a psychedelic experience when you go to sleep. When yeah. you know, when you astral project, that's already enough. Yeah, and and to prove this, uh, like everyone on Earth, I, I need uh, proof. So I I sought for proof from yes, people sir. who can see auras or human energy fields, um, and they all tell me consistently that people who use marijuana or psychedelics, their auras look um, not as nice as people who don't use drugs uh -huh. or psychedelics. Yeah. And and I, and I think uh, it's important to know that uh, the uh, auras or human energy fields, they affect 
the physical body of a person or the health of a person. So, for example, if um, our reader sees like a grayish color around mm. the liver area, uh, more or likely uh, three or six months later, um, the liver is going to show uh, symptoms that can be diagnosed. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yikes. And of course, now Michael was taken for nine days. And I shouldn't say he was taken. He more or less volunteered. That's kind of why the book title was originally changed, I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's not changed by Michel de Marquet. It's actually changed by a different person. A different person. Oh, okay. I thought it was changed by him. No, he, he wanted the title of the book to be The Golden Planet. Ah. Because when he approached the planet before landing, he saw like a golden mist surrounding the planet. That's extremely beautiful. Uh, so that's why it, it seems like the planet is like a paradise to him. Everything's so perfect and so beautiful. And the people who took him there are extremely beautiful as well. They're nine or 10 foot tall, blonde, um, beautiful women like ETs that um, performed all the miracles as performed by Jesus Christ, as documented in the Bible. Uh, they could levitate, they could communicate through telepathy, they could materialize objects, they, they could heal all the diseases that we can name off, and they can download information from each other, and um, they can predict the future as far as a uh, hundred years or so. But not more than that, because we determine the future. The future re uh, depends on how we act, how we decide um, what future is going to be like. So they can visit the past, um, and they can do that um, um, through um, astral travels. So they actually showed Michel de Marquet what Earth was like 14,500 years ago. Um, where or when uh, existed uh, two ancient civilizations, the continent of Lemuria or Mu and the continent of uh, Atlantis. Um, so they, they are capable of doing a lot of different things that we can only dream of. Amazing stuff, really. And I encourage everyone out there to read the book. I, I thought it was a fascinating read. It's not a very long book, but there's plenty of subjects in there that are phenomenal plenty of things that i find completely interesting things that i've always found fascinating are covered in the book so it, it's a book that you know i don't really encourage too many people to go and buy certain books but this is one that i i feel is quite worthy even if you don't really believe in these sort of these sort of subjects i think the story is great regardless um but it's hard for me to dismiss everyone's claims personally speaking, since I've had my own sort of experiences as well that I can't fully properly logically explain anybody. So, you know, it's hard for me to completely dismiss everyone's experience is what I'm essentially saying, Sam. Yes, especially given the fact that I'm a very grounded person. And you're a very I grounded person. Yes, that's one thing, um, ladies and gentlemen, Sam is an extremely intelligent man and he comes with no bad habits he hasn't had any kind of experience that i know of he, he's never had any sort of a sighting 
or any sort of sighting of a uh, a ghost per se. Um, that's correct, right, Sam? That's correct. Never a ghost, never a UFO. Or it's just uh, you know, I work with a lot of lawyers and doctors and and people from the business world. Yeah, you're far removed from anything like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Oh, and uh, Sam, on a personal note. Any of your fellow colleagues, have they discovered you online or, or anything of, of that nature talking about this subject? Maybe about 0.5% of the people. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, because not a they lot. don't normally go into this field. Absolutely. But um, the ones have that have, have they mentioned it to you? Like, have they said, well, you know, I believe in sort of uh, these things too. Yes. Oh, okay. Including some lawyers. And, oh, okay. And some doctors too. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm glad that they are you know open minded. Yes, there, there are um, like some open minded people. I would say, yeah. uh, but I'm trying to spread the messages uh, to more um, people and people who listen to the mainstream media. Uh, yeah. And this is actually my next goal. That's a good thing. the The problem is though, lots of people are afraid to talk about these sort of things because they don't want to be ridiculed or, um, you know, they don't want to get that sort of, uh, stigma around their name. Uh, that's right. Um, but I think, uh, it's opening up. It is I, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, I take it as a, as a challenge and also it's, it's nice to see how those people react or yeah. respond to the messages. Because some of them are just uh, so skeptical that they ask a lot of uh, very interesting, very interesting questions that I, I think uh, are are extremely um, kind of entertaining. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's the great thing about these sort of subjects. That at times you will find people more open-minded, and sometimes you'll be amazed at, of how open-minded some of these folks are. Mm-hmm. And um, yes. that that leads me to this next question here. Uh, Michelle was gone for nine days. Would you have done the same thing, Sam? Would you be gone if you had the choice? Would Would you take that trip for nine days? Yes, I would. You would do actually, it. Yes, because uh, actually, you know, I think Michelle and I have different roles in our lives. Ah. Um, his role is to really document everything um, precisely and to the letter what happened to him. Uh, what he saw, what he experienced. And my role is to promote mm. the messages and the book as much as possible to as many people as possible um, and, and to really just like planting seeds. Planting seeds, uh, right. And you're not being paid or anything like that, right? Not at all. Not at all. This is all you. Yes, just me, yeah. Understood, okay. Just just in case anyone out there is wondering, they're saying, who's this Sam guy and why is he promoting this book? Well... The reason is that I learned about that one thing Michel de Marquet wasn't allowed to write in the book. Um, is that that's the one thing that he told me not to reveal it uh, to the public, because Tao the ET told him so. Um, but he didn't say that I couldn't write an article and to give as many clues as possible, or as many hints as possible about that one thing. So that's what I did. So I wrote an article titled. The second coming of Christ. <laughs> so maybe I didn't I didn't write exactly what he told me, but uh-huh. I kind of alluded to the information. So people uh, who are interested might uh, look it up. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. And 
as you were going through this journey of um, experience, not experiencing, but sort of exploring through these subjects, all these fascinating subjects, you come across the alien abduction phenomenon and just the UFO and alien subject. And you find you find this book. But before you found this book, were there any other cases that you were mildly interested in or that you thought had any kind of validity towards them? Well, I think, um, you know, I read a lot of books, E.T. Contact his books. Uh, some of the books are so kind of um, out there and without foundations, without right. okay. uh, specific verifiable information that I just uh, like. I, I think those are good books with uh, good messages. Uh, but I need something more kind of uh, grounded. Um, I also learned about Billy Meyer. Um, and, um, you know, some of the things I try to do is to see if they, if the messages contain information about the pyramid, Bermuda Triangle, to see if the information makes sense. Um, Billy Meyer says that uh, the ET is told him that the Great Pyramid of Egypt was built using 200,000 slaves over a 40-year period of time. That really doesn't resonate to me because um, it just, uh, I don't think it was built uh, with uh, by, by slaves. I think it was built by um, technologies, or with technologies that have been lost. Um, and also, it talks about the Bermuda Triangle, which doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so that kind of um, put me off a little bit to the information received by Billy Meyer. Uh, but I do think that uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer has a lot of validity uh, into what he was promoting, like uh, there's no danger of uh, ET invasions and, and the ETs are benign. And I do believe so because... Uh, there's uh, corroborating evidence from the book Theoba Prophecy um, to what uh, Dr. Stephen Greer uh, has been claiming. Uh, so I think he's a, he has a lot of validity. And, and I think um, if people really want to know the secrets or information that um, can help them to make better decisions, I think there are only two books that they need to read um, one is Theoba Prophecy, and the other is um, 334 Lies, uh, L-I-E-S, um, because uh, people need to know that uh, how the world is run or governed by uh, by the hidden hand, uh, by a small group of financiers or a small group of people who are behind everything. Um, and even the book Theoba Prophecy tells us to open our eyes and to look look at what's really happening around us. Yeah, I it's like that. To the yes. Fact that. Yes. It's alluding to the fact that uh, what we see in, in America, that the Republicans are fighting against Democrats, and the Democrats are fighting against Republicans. But in fact, there's a small group of people running everything behind them, like pulling the strings, making them fight against each other. And in fact, it really doesn't matter if uh, it's Republican in power or, or Democrats in power. Um, the financiers or the special interest groups, they always get what they want. Right. When an independent candidate goes into power, uh, either he gets assassinated or he gets 
like um, kind of gets into a scandal and it doesn't really last long. That's very true. That's why I like this book uh, quite a bit. It, it definitely does promote free thinking and yes. you uh, don't have to think too far back into what we experienced not long ago with uh, COVID-19. And if you look back even further, you have uh, 9-11. Yes. And so forth and so forth. I mean, we experience it all the time. And eventually people will, will catch on and connect the dots themselves. Yeah, I mean, there are like a few subjects that are not allowed to, uh, to, to be talked about on YouTube. Uh, right. One is the, the vaccine and the other is the uh, 9-11 uh, conspiracy theory. And the other is the who killed, who assassinated President Kennedy. And um, and I think uh, people can can really use their um, logic to figure out uh, what really happened to to this uh, three different topics. For example, nine eleven, what happened to Building Number Seven? Who never got that never got hit by a plane, but but that collapsed um, vertically, just like a controlled demolition. So what we're really what's really going on there? Like we need to think more independently and not to rely on the um, narratives of the government. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, going back to 9-11, do you still recall the morning of uh, 9-11 at all? Do you remember where you were when that happened and what you were essentially thinking when that all went down? I was in Beijing, China at that time. and It was middle of the night and uh -huh. I learned about it and I couldn't really sleep that night. I was uh, really worried about the consequences of um, um, the incident. And, you know, after that happened, everything changed in the U.S. And just follow the money who benefited yeah. from, the, from the event. Absolutely. You just also have to see what insider trading was going on, what the stock markets were like uh, before any of these things happened. That's always a, a good uh, clue on what's going to happen or what what you know what what's going to either happen or what happened in already in past tense i mean you just got to look at that stock market and uh, i mean just look what happened with covid and 9-11 lots of insider trading went on a lot of people got in trouble but that's a whole nother story a little bit further away than what we're talking about here tonight but um case in point people understand where where we're uh, headed with uh, these here and another thing I did want to ask you, Sam, um, lots of uh, sightings, lots of lots of uh, U.S. military sightings going on as well. I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, the famous Kimball footage and all the other things that have been going around. We've had uh, the spy balloons and all that sort of thing. But what I wanted to ask you was going back to the military footage of what either was either a, a drone or something that came from outer space that pilots had no idea what was going on. I'm sure you saw that footage, Sam. What do you make of it? Was it one of ours or was it from somewhere else? It's definitely from somewhere else because uh, we, at least uh, the civilians, and uh, we don't have the technologies. Um, and what uh, the footage shows is that uh, ET craft um, having a special technology that makes its own magnetic field around the spacecraft so that it really doesn't, the people inside 
wouldn't feel gravity anymore. So, so it actually neutralizes gravity and it creates like its own force field so that it can really travel uh, super fast and at right angle to making a turn um, at the right angle. Um, so it's actually doable. It's actually explained in the book how they did it. Very nice. And one of the things I did want to mention here, and you know, a lot of people don't like to ask these sort of things in any interview when they're talking to an author or someone that has anything to do with the book, but there were a few negative reviews on um, the Theoba prophecy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you are even aware of that or if you even care about that sort of thing, but some people were complaining, saying that the book was quote unquote racist. <laughs> what, what do you think of that, Sam? You know, I don't think, uh, I don't know if uh, that person or the people read the book um, um, thoroughly. I don't think they understood it. Mm, I, don't, I don't think they understood the book. It kind all. of, it probably went over their head. Right, right. The book does mention where all, where, where we all came from, like the yellow people came from uh, the planet Bakratini, so did the black people, um, and uh, it really doesn't uh, discriminate against a specific um, ethnicity or race of people. The only thing that it mentions about a book in which it really praises or kind of uh, gives a uh, encouragement to is the, the Jewish people in which they came from a higher category of planet. Um, it, it really says a lot of good things about uh, all different kinds of people, yeah. specifically the Jewish people. Yeah. Absolutely. I just think they probably didn't comprehend it properly. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's, a, that's, that's human error sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and I think people have different beliefs and right. um, perspectives. And I respect their reviews, uh, and I care a lot about the reviews because I think the better reviews that people write, uh, the more people would become interested in reading the book, so that we can we can we can have a better future. Uh, and um, and promoting the messages in the book um, is actually one of my main missions in this lifetime, so that we can change the course of the future. Um, because I know that one thing that Michel de Marquet didn't write in the book, I know how important it is for us to raise our consciousness and to make better choices when presented, the, the, the given choices. And in order to make better decisions, we have to have knowledge. And this book provides a lot of the necessary knowledge that people, uh, people need. Absolutely. It's a fantastic book. And we are almost coming up on a close here. We still have a few more minutes before I let you go. And I do want to thank you for your your time here, Sam. And one thing I did want to mention here was when Sam came back, he was uh, essentially depressed, Sam. Yeah, when Michelle came back, he was extremely depressed because uh, people didn't believe him at all. Um, even the people in the ufology, UFO community, uh, because they were talking about uh, the Star Wars, the uh, secret space programs, and yeah. they, they, they didn't really uh, take him seriously, uh, especially given the fact that his wife thought he was having an affair with another woman um, that caused his divorce. 
So he was uh, depressed and he had to change his environment and move to Vietnam to live the rest of his life on, on that island. Um, so to think about the differently, when you were shown a paradise, a heaven-like world, and you were told that you don't belong here, you have to go back and write a book, you can imagine how how you would have felt, yeah. how he felt. Absolutely. You start feeling the dread of of Earth, this island Earth. You start feeling the pain and the suffering of just human life. Um, it, it's a hard pill to swallow, the reality of, of life itself on this planet. And things don't seem to be going quite well, matter of fact. It, it seems that we are facing constant turmoil where we're facing con we're just always in conflict and we have a world conflict on our hands already we're at the tipping point right now it seems like we will be going to war sooner than later sam and i'm wondering when will the aliens intervene well uh let me put it this way if um we are having a lot of time to to really uh learn the lessons if uh, people ask uh, me all the time, why don't the ETs just land uh, in front of the White House and to <laughs> yeah. show to the world that they exist? Right. Um, and I counter by saying that, um, imagine that you're a child learning uh, different uh, lessons, uh, mathematical problems, and you would learn much better if you find the solutions on your own versus uh, if the answers are just given to you directly. By, by your parents or your, by the teacher. I mean, similarly, uh -huh. we are just like the child um, learning different life lessons, trying to follow the principles of life um, as given by this group of ETs through this book, through Michel de Marquet. So they're kind of uh, intervening and assisting us uh, indirectly by sending us messages and the principles of life. We would learn better if we just take the directions and to find our own ways to 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 respond to the life challenges if you're just giving the answers directly you wouldn't learn much at all i would say that uh, we still have a lot of time to to learn but not not really uh, a long time to learn and, and we need to get uh, things done because there's going to be at a, at a point in time as you probably can see um, in the recent development of chat GPT, that we are more reliant, relying on, on artificial intelligence to yeah. make our decisions. There's going to be a critical moment of time in which technology is going to make us more and more kind of uh, uh, dependent on them. And, and also, there's, I think there's a futurist, I forgot his name, but he predicts that there's going to be like a a critical point down down the road in the future in which uh, in which uh, uh, technology is going to overpower mankind um, and i think that's going to be very very dangerous if we don't focus more on the spiritual development of um, human beings and and it really doesn't matter if uh, they're going to intervene or not i hope they don't intervene in the future uh, uh, because when they do, then it's going to show that we are we are walking down the wrong path. Yeah. So this is why I'm trying my best to promote the messages so that we don't have to rely 
on the technologies. We don't have to rely on their interventions in the future. Um, so we can get ourselves act together and to to really work on the right path, not the wrong path. This is uh, why I'm so uh, kind of I can use the word desperate in promoting the messages. Well, I don't think you're exactly desperate, but I, I mean, I think you're doing a great job promoting the book, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. And scientists uh, predict that essentially the sun, if not a comet, if not a comet, takes us out. Uh, essentially, I think the sun will definitely burn and take us in and take us out. And we definitely will have to sort of jump off this island and go to uh, another habitable place, uh, such as Mars, for instance. Maybe we might terraform Mars and, you know, Elon Musk wants to travel to Mars or maybe to another planet. Um, what are your thoughts and opinions on terraforming another planet, uh, Sam? Do you think essentially we might have to do that? Um, two, two things. Uh, I, I think uh, the answer is yes, we might have to do that. We might have to do that um, in the future, but not because of the sun, but because of the moon. Oh, the because moon. according to this book, yes, the moon. Because according to this book, the moon is actually moving closer to us, not farther from us, um, as uh, what conventional wisdom is saying. Um, so this book is so specific. Uh, it says that uh, in 198,000 years or so, the moon will collapse um, with Earth and then cause uh, a catastrophe. So by that time, if we don't um, have a way to travel um, or to move to a different planet, then uh, everyone is going to die for sure. Yikes. So, but it's a long time, of, long time in, the, in the future. Absolutely. And we are talking about the book, The Theoba Prophecy. And yes, you can find that on Amazon and just about anywhere else online, perhaps. Definitely uh, check if you are interested in the book. And uh, Sam, um, that's correct, right? You can find it easily on Amazon. Yes, yes. And, and people can also search on Google as well and, and uh, find uh, more information and information that uh, um, is not included in the book. Very nice. Once again, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program, Sam. It's always a honor and pleasure to have you here. And, uh, you know, we can definitely do it again. I know I told you in the past that you know, you could come back to the program and sit here with me as I interview someone else. And you mentioned Billy Meyer and I talked to uh, Michael Horn quite frequently. And he is the media representative of the Billy Meyer contacts. And you can uh, sit in with me next time I talk to Mr. Horn. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll be very uh, interested in, in having a conversation with him. Yeah, let's make it happen. And Sam, once again, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us here tonight. And uh, we'll do it again on the other side my friend Great. thank you all right good night my friend and there he goes boys and girls that was my guest mr samuel chong i want to thank you guys for pressing play as always and of course we still haven't returned yet to youtube the suspension still remains i'll let you know if anything changes but keep in mind the podcast version of the program continues to move forward please continue to support us over on patreon.com slash michael deacon also we still have t-shirts available for you if you go to michaeldeacon.com go to merchandise as always, it's a honor and pleasure to host this program. Signing off from the wastelands of California, my name is Michael Deacon, and I'll see you on the other side.
And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night.